You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hi, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Trash Panels. I am your host, Lindsay, and this is my lovely lovely co-host, Lauren. (laughs) In case you didn't hear that. Um, today we're covering, um, HBO's documentary, The Vow, and I think we're just going to dive straight in because there is so much to cover, so much wildness that happened for real in this documentary. Um, so ready? I'm ready. Buckle up, baby. All right. Um, the first episode, The Science of Joy. The science of joy. I love the names that they have for these episodes, first and foremost. It's nauseating. I know. Just to hear that, just to hear that is nauseating. The science of joy. So like, I'm already not interested. (laughs) Already don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Literally hating life. So um, it starts out with Keith and he is describing ESP, Nexium, as a methodology that allows people to optimize their experience and behavior. Yep. And so ESP stands for executive success programs, um, kind of to be marketed towards um, the business world, but they want everyone. They don't really care. They're like, they're like, this can help you in any arena of life. They're like, Hey, do you like cults? Yeah. (laughs) Come, come be part of ours. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. Um, so the first person that we meet, who's a major player in this documentary, Mark Vicente, uh, he is the director of what the bleep do we know, which is a documentary and I guess a fairly successful documentary, although I had never heard of it. You've never heard of it? I don't know. Oh, okay. I had most definitely no, heard of it. No, I had never heard of this documentary before. Oh so my gosh. Okay. It's a fairly successful documentary. Yep. One of the second highest grossing of all time, which is super interesting. Um, so anyways, Mark Vicente. And then um, the other major player in this is Sarah Edmondson, who she's kind of just like a struggling actress. She... Uh, was in a bunch of like D list or as Lauren said earlier, Z list. Z list. Yeah, like non existent <laughs> movies and TV shows. There are two main uh, characters or characters or key players, I key should play, say. Yeah. They're not characters because it's a documentary. This is real life. <laughs> the so. real life. This These is, are actual people. This is the real life. So, um, what is it? So basically Sarah, she goes to her first meeting. She goes, yeah. Like this five day training mm -hmm. program that they have, which is basically how they suck you in. And definitely. uh, Um, she thinks it's weird. She actually says to Mark, like, what the fuck have you gotten me into? But he asked her to just give it a try. Like, you know, he, I think like, he says to her like, Oh yeah, just give it like three days or something. And she keeps on going. And after the three days, she's even Mm -hmm. like, okay, well I'll give it a couple more days. And like the way that these people talk about their experience in this is very like uplifting. They seem like very like proud and happy Mm -hmm. to be like experiencing this stuff. Um, and that's one of the things that they offer a peak experience. Yeah. They all drink the Kool-Aid eventually (laughs) at some point in that five day experience. Um, so Mark and Sarah knew each other because they met like on this cruise 
and she had a cough or something. And Mark was like, what would you, what would you lose if you weren't coughing coughing anymore anymore, or you weren't sick anymore? And she was like, kind of like taken back by it, but then like realized that maybe she was like sick all the time for attention. Yeah, the, they don't really go into too much detail on how they get to that. Like, in that part of the, of like, the, the episode. Yeah. I don't feel like they spend a lot of time being like, oh, this is why he said that. Right. But she was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely just looking for attention. And I instantly got better as soon as I knew Yeah, that. she did. She's like, I instantly stopped being sick. And after I'm like, he how? had framed this question in this way. And so that's why she signed up for this five-day training that she goes to so anyways um Sarah is explaining the five days and she's talking about how like when they introduce it they show one of um the head of Nexium which is uh Nancy Salzman and she's describing like these videos of Nancy Salzman as like really awful 80s like training videos yeah and welcome to nexium yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know like that kind of stuff and like yeah (laughs) and like nancy just looks really outdated and like the whole time sarah's sitting there like what the hell did i just get into like this is ridiculous and she says that she kept staring at her eyebrows and i was like same (laughs) get you a youtube girl (laughs) you need to figure that shit out So one of the things that they preach in this five-day training is um, they keep telling people that you're going to be uncomfortable, but that's where growth happens. Um, And we kind of see this is a theme through their cult. Uh, This is what they keep preaching is um, being uncomfortable means you're growing. Um, and that gets way more evident later on, um, in the cult, but they already start like planting these seeds in that five day training where it's like, get out of your comfort zone. You're not going to be comfortable. If you're, if you're comfortable, you're not growing, you're satiating. Um, and how crazy is that? Yeah. And, and I wrote like, this is brainwashing. This is like a classic brainwashing one-on-one. They're already planting these seeds to be uncomfortable. You're going to be exposed to things that make you uncomfortable. Um, but if we didn't do that, that means you, you aren't growing as a human being. One thing that I did notice that they had said was that they really liked it because they didn't feel like they were being brainwashed or that it felt like a cult. It was more or less like the science behind life. And it felt like just talking with your friends. Yeah. And I was like, that's okay. I can see how like that would be intriguing for somebody when they're like, I don't feel like I'm being told about, you know, Xenu, the alien who comes and, you know, whatever. It's like, it's It's, like a, like an emotional experience. It's a lot of self-help. It's self-help. Exactly. um, A lot of like talk therapy almost Mm -hmm. in a way, but like really messed up talk therapy. Um, So we find out like Keith Ranieri, he's the head of Nexium. Um, He is known as the Vanguard. They call him the Vanguard. Uh, And Nancy Salzman 
who is like the number two, is known as the prefect. Um, and then they go into talking about the sashes that they wear. Um, so these sashes serve as like a ranking system. And um, they symbolize like where you are in your journey in mm-hmm. Nexium. And um, so like they said like Keith wears a white sash because that symbolizes he's a student because he looks at himself as a student for life. So philosophical, Keith. I know, right? <laughs> God, I love it. Um, and then, um, you know, there's different colors of these stashes that they wear that symbolize where they are in the group. So I actually have them written down, at least the ones that they showed us. Ooh, so perfect. the stripe path, white equals student, yellow is a coach, mm-hmm. orange is a proctor, and green is a senior proctor. So the more like classes and people that you sign up and like how many people you basically are like getting to come to this cult mm-hmm. means that you have like leveled up, so mm-hmm. to speak, and you know more. Mm-hmm. And so you like can get th- like the sashes all come in different colors, but then they come in stripes. They so have it's, stripes it's called the stripe path. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have the yellow sash and then you have yellow with one stripe. And I think each one goes up to three stripes or uh-huh. something. And I know that they also mentioned at one point that it was like, Keith was like into like Kung Fu and it's very, Judo. yeah. Ju- yeah, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu yeah. or something like that, where it's like, he has had experience with like the belts and the like, different colored belts he and striped a and, black yeah, belt. He is Okay, but because <laughs> seriously, look at him. We can he... get into a whole other thing about how that shit's not real. <laughs> <laughs> so day three, Sarah explains that she kind of has this breakthrough and this module of self-help that day in this training is centered around what is self-esteem. And their definition is it's a range of options you have in a given circumstance. So um Basically, people can't see their options because they're limiting beliefs or their what they call it in um, Nexium is their disintegrations. And um, then that's when they introduce ESP, which ESP is a tool to integrate your disintegrations to become a more unified person. This sounds really complicated, but Basically, it's like whatever you believe is holding you back in life is bullshit. And it's something that you need to like get over. It's like rooted in some fear. It's something that you're doing to yourself. Yeah. And you need to like get over that limiting belief. And once you get over that limiting belief, then you're you you integrate it. Right. Um, And this was kind of a breakthrough for her. And she explains it's because, you know, she was like the struggling actress. So she had a lot of self-esteem issues about, you know, like working and living in Hollywood. Like she dealt with a lot of rejection. Exactly. If you're like rejected for roles and stuff left and right, that can be really hard on someone. Yeah. So she said like her self-esteem was suffering at that point. So this is where like the training really kind of like sucked her in. To where she was like, oh, this could be a useful tool in my life, like to help me get over my self-esteem issues and to help me stop seeing these limiting beliefs. Right. Um, 
<clears throat> so then Mark kind of talks about how he was lured into the cult. And well, one thing, that, another thing that like, it, that's kind of just part of that during this time that um, Mark and Sarah and coming up in just a minute, you'll see Bonnie as well. Whenever they are talking about this experience that they had, it, they seem like when, when they're reminiscing about it now, they're still like smiling and saying, you know, like I felt very rewarded Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was helping people. Mm -hmm. And I believe that in the beginning, that's really what was supposed to be happening. Like I was under the impression that like, they really felt like they weren't being like taken advantage of or anything like that. And they felt rewarded by what they were doing. I definitely think that they all, um, initially came from like a good place well and they all really did want to change the world and they wanted yeah, to change absolutely. themselves and but we we know and, ahead of time every single one of them when they start out are saying like when I joined I had I was in a place of transition or I was mm-hmm. you know feeling like I could do more or mm-hmm. I could do better or I could be greater and it's like this, like they're all very successful people and stuff, or like they were like capable people. And I, I don't know how to like describe that, but it just feels like they're, it's like, even, even now looking back on it, they're like, I felt like I was actually doing something good in this time. I think that you're right. Like they are all very capable people, but I think like they all felt a certain amount of what's my purpose? Yeah, absolutely. They were all vulnerable. Yeah. And I need to fulfill it more. They were Um, looking for something more in life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Mark Vicente, the guy who did, um, what the bleep do we know? Um, he kind of talks about how he was lured in by, um, Nancy Salzman and Barbara Boucher. Um, we'll talk more about Barbara Boucher later, but she is one of like the top sales people within Nexium. Um, and you know, he said that like really when he got into it, he realized it was like an idyllic society and like everyone was so kind to each other and everyone was rooting for each other. And it's like, you feel like you have an entire community. Yeah. You have like this, this it's like a sense of family. Yeah. Like this sense of community and like all these people are like, willing to drop whatever they're doing to help you with whatever like bullshit you need to work through. And I remember there was this part where Mark was talking about, like he went to Nancy Salzman's office and he was like, all right, what's the catch? Like nobody is this fucking happy. Nobody is as supportive of one another. Oh yeah. I love this. What's the catch? (laughs) And Nancy looked at him and kind of like Jedi mind tricked him and was like, well, what is it in you that makes you think there's a catch? It's like, like, why are you looking for something? You're looking for. And that's one of their big things is like, you aren't the victim. You need to snap out of that mentality that you think you're the victim. You're not the victim. You have total control over every situation. Every emotion, every reaction, you have control of it. And that's something that they preach. And we'll get way more into that. But she like mind tricked them and was like, maybe it's you. Maybe you're looking for 
a reason. And and I think that she even says, and what if it's not? Right. What if it's not some big scam? Right. And what if it's not a cult, basically? Like, what if you're wrong and all these things that you're doing to stop this? It's like self-sabotage. Right. You're just sabotaging. Yeah. Exactly. It's like. The way, you know, even when you're watching it, you get like this sense of like, yeah. I can see how somebody would fall into it. Yeah. I would not fall into that. However, I mean, I can't Dude, say I, I could not ever. self-help myself as much as I want to fucking self-help <laughs> my fucking self. Like, I am like, I can't help myself at all. <laughs> Dude, like, I am like the antithesis of what they're looking for. Right. Like, I'm that bitch that's going to be like, <laughs> What? No, I, I plan on being hung over tomorrow. And no, I'm not a victim. The worst part is she said that before. You literally <laughs> said, I plan on being hung over tomorrow. <laughs> I have said that. I plan on being in pain tomorrow. Let me wallow. Let me wallow, bitch. I love it. Feelings are good. Yeah, feelings are good. Even when they're bad, they're good. And that's like one major part of their cult is like, you don't feel things. Right. Yeah, you have feel, you, you have, have control. control of the feeling that it's like no matter what is happening, you can feel like right. total satisfaction like, at all times. There is even a part. Oh, we'll get to it. Oh, it's not till episode four, but I want to talk about it now because it's so relevant. It's like the part where Allison Mack is grieving the death of Pam. Oh yes, of one of the women in their group. She had died of cancer, and she starts crying, and she gets choked up, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm not in control of my emotions. Yeah, I'm sorry." And it's like, girl, it's you're, okay to be it's, upset. It's okay to cry over somebody okay. dying. Oh my god! But like, that's how, like, controlled they expect you to be to the point where you have to like apologize for being for crying over mourning somebody's death. someone. Right? Like, it's just it's oh my god, it's how mind boggling. So um, then Mark goes and tells us about rational inquiry. Which is basically basically this technology that Keith technology that Keith uh, Ranieri developed. He filed a patent um, in the uh, in the patent office under. It's actually filed under artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and so um, basically what this is is like it's okay. This is rational inquiry, and then there's like all of these little like shoots off of rational inquiry. And one of them is EM, which is exploration of meaning. And they talk about EMing each other. They EM, they are always looking for exploration of meaning. And it's designed to address the fear behind a belief you hold. And so he was basically sold, um, after Nancy Salzman EM'd him um, about panic attacks on a freeway. So he explained, so Nancy Salzman was like, all right, tell me one of your fears. And he was like, all right, every time I'm on the freeway, I have a panic attack about being in traffic, about being in a car accident, whatever. So she EM'd him. And what that means is like, they got to the root of his fear and then they worked past that. And they were like, okay, you have this fear. Why do you have this fear? Is it rational? Like, and how do we make it stop? Yeah. And like, basically, how do you control it? Can you, can you control your response to that fear? 
And it sounds great. Like, it sounds like a great tool for, like, getting over phobias and shit. Right. Like, this actually <laughs> does sound super interesting. But so Mark said, like, the next time he he was like, I was sitting in traffic in L.A. And I would normally be experiencing, like, like panic and, like, all this fear about, like, sitting in this traffic. And after I had that EM session with Nancy Salzman, nothing. I had no kind of reaction to it. And I couldn't dig up that feeling again. Like I could not find that panic, like to feel that way again. Like I was over it. Like I seemed to be completely cured cured of this fear. So that's what EMing is, is like, and it sounds so It sounds good. amazing. It sounds, because I definitely oh my suffer God, I from have anxiety. so many phobias. And phobias. Yes. And, like, one of them actually is kind of related to that. Like, mm-hmm. and it, okay, so I already have a fear of tornadoes for some crazy reason. I get really bad anxiety when I'm, like, driving specifically in, like, heavy storms that I think might turn into a tornado ir- irrationally, right? But there was one time that I was stuck in traffic and there was this cloud above me that I could have swore was going to become a tornado. And imagine being like at a dead stop, like yeah. miles away from an exit. And you are like convinced that yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, if I could stop that. And when I watched this, when I, I watched that segment, I was like, oh my God, like I have been in a situation where like, I want to like, stop that anxiety, you know? Can I EM you? After oh my God, please EM me. Okay. I'm going to look you. at you all like loving. And <laughs> yeah. Like Alice and <laughs> Okay. So basically he equated like being a part of this group and EMing and all this was like being high without drugs. Like you were just getting over any fear, any insecurity, any trauma, any negative feeling you've ever had, you are getting over this with these EM sessions. So um, basically talking it through. Yeah. Yeah. And like, (laughs) they're like talking sessions. Yeah. They're talking. I, yeah, I don't know, but they're also like telling you to repress like any feeling sure but they're also telling you which we'll get into which is so interesting is like your intuition is not correct right and I so disagree with that like I'm all about intuition and I'm all about like I get a feeling from you you're a bad person time to go time to go and they're all about repressing that feeling of intuition we'll talk more about that so on to Keith. All right. So Keith. Keith Ranieri, uh, they push the fact that Keith is a genius. He holds the second or third highest score on some IQ, some bullshit IQ test. <laughs> Probably like just like one that you can Google. That's it. <laughs> That's in the Guinness Book of World Records. I actually did some reading about this. And there's, like, a lot of criticism about this test. Okay. Not being, like, probably something you can Google. Yeah, like, (laughs) a real, like, validated test. So, anyways, they tell everyone that comes in, Keith is a genius. He's, like, this problem solver of the world. Like, a prodigy, even. Uh, Like, 
Yeah. He played classical piano. Oh, he, he, he was a, is... He was a concert classical pianist. Right. He was a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, he He's is, just, like, a savant of all, all things. He could, like, read when he was two years old. And, like, all this crazy stuff they tell people to just, like, believe he is, like... Like, some sort of demigod. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I just want to address a little, a little about Keith Raniere's past. Keith Raniere was um, associated with Amway in the 80s, which is a multi-level marketing scheme. Um, after he was fired from Amway, he started his own MLM multi-level marketing group in the early 90s. It was um, then investigated by the FBI in the 90s and shut down. Dude loves an MLM. And if you don't know what an MLM is, do you want to explain what an MLM is? So an MLM is a multi-level marketing. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so if you don't know what this means, then you may have been been exposed to one at some point (laughs) and you have no clue. Okay, so things like... It works or things like thrive things like, um, what, what, what's that other one? Party light, uh, uh, pampered chef, the sex toy one. Oh yeah. What's that one? Um, there's a pure romance, pure romance. Okay. So here's the thing is that we in no way are saying that this is not something you can be successful at because there are people that are successful at it. And I actually know people personally who are part of multi-level marketing and they are good at it. But that by no means means that this is a common thing. No, I would say that your chances at making a true living off of something like these are very slim. It is set up so that not everyone makes an excellent living. I have seen people do really well at theirs and that's great. I'm not saying when we were discussing Shanann Watts, Exactly. Shanann Watt. She did was, thrive. Level. She level. got a Lexus. Yes. From doing an MLM. So like, okay. Okay. Do you, <laughs> I'm going to say, be careful. Don't join an MLM because most people will not be very successful in MLM. Most of it is like buying your own product. Like you're right. Buying your own product. It's you having extra basis. stuff yeah. when you sell it. There's actually a podcast. It's like, it sounds like an MLM, but okay. That's the name <laughs> of the podcast. I kind of want to listen. And they cover different MLMs. And, you know, when an MLM goes under, people are left with massive amounts of product. Yeah. Inventory and, for days. Right. And that's all like money. LuLaRoe. Yeah. LuLaRoe yeah. is like one of them or LuLaRoe. I don't know how yeah. you pronounce it, but it was yeah. one of them where like people were getting product yeah. that was like moldy yeah. and sopping wet <laughs> and like couldn't get it back to a warehouse and yeah. had to just hold on to the product. Yeah. And like, there's just, there's so many things that could go wrong. I'm not trying to like say anything about people who do that because I do know people, but at the same time, be, be, be weary. weary of what you do. And if you don't have the time to be live all the time and show people the product and do what's what has to be I done just, in order to have that, you shouldn't be doing I it. I feel like mostly it's like people praying 
Um, I feel like MLM is like super skeevy and they prey on people. Most um, that was Lauren screaming from the bathroom. They uh, but they prey on people to like join. Um, and it's it's super shady. But having that in mind that Keith was deeply involved with these MLMs kind of gives you the outline for what Nexium is and what DOS is, um, which we'll talk about DOS in a minute. But Nexium, this group, is basically an MLM for self-help. That's all it is. Um, that's when <clears throat> they talk about the Stripe Path, which um, Lauren kind of already went over. But working the Stripe Path um, meant that you were taking classes, so you were paying to take these classes through Nexium. Um, you were enrolling recruits. So you were getting people in to take these and pay for these classes. And you were getting rid of disintegrations by EMing. And EMing is not free. You pay your coach Sounds to like EM you. Um, it's like, this is my analogy was like, it's like any MLM where they're like, you've reached diamond status or whatever status you reach. That's your, you earning stripes is like the diamond status or right. whatever it is moving up in the company. Um, so he basically set up this company with a total like MLM uh, business model. Um uh, when they were in it, they really viewed this as helping people and they were symbols of growth, which we already talked about is like Sarah, like talked about like those sashes is like, in the beginning, she thought they were really stupid, but like once she had really bought into it, she looked at those sashes as like, this is my growth. Yeah. And this is like a symbol of what I've this overcome. This is what I've done. Yeah. And this is what I've How done. How many people I've helped. Yeah. So you can see why people would stay in it if they are, if they've really bought into this idea that they're helping people and that they've helped themselves, that um, these, this stripe thing was like an, a badge of honor. Like I, I made it through all these things and I've helped all these people and you know, whatever. I I don't know. I just, just like being just not, it's like, it's the same as getting a, you know, a yellow belt and a black belt and a whatever. So, so then we see that Mark Vicente, uh, his relationship with Bonnie. So, um, Mark met this actress. She was in star Wars. She was a musician, singer, songwriter, Um, he met Bonnie and when he met her, she was ready to give up music at the time. And Mark's like, give me five days. And this is how she gets sucked into the call. Basically five day training, just like Sarah. And, um, they, uh, so she goes and she, she does the five day training and she's basically sucked in. We'll talk more about her story later because. She had some reservations in the beginning, but, um, Mark ends up, Mark and Bonnie end up getting married and that's going to come into play a lot later. Um, so what I have down is that Bonnie was also in a place of transition mentally and emotionally in life. 
and that she was trying to like get out of that. I also wrote down that these people all seem to talk about their experience. Like it wasn't that bad. Um, and then she ended up going on to be a coach and an EMP within a week of her, um, joining she meets Keith. Mm. Um, and Mark, and then we, we get into Mark. They mm-hmm. kind of just transitions right into a guy named Mark. I don't have his last name written down. Oh yeah. The Tourette's. Thing. Yes. Okay. And he has Tourette's. And so, uh, our Mark, the first Mark, Mark Vicente, Mark Vicente starts to film my Tourette's, which is basically like a documentary that they were trying to do about attempting to cure, um, this guy's Tourette's through ESP ESP and and like talk, talk Talk therapy. Um, and yeah, she says that she uses, uses the talk method to cure his Tourette's. And Um, he has like a very severe case like, of Tourette's. yeah yeah severe Tourette's it's not just like like tiny ticks it's like very noticeable yeah things. yeah um and basically what happens is they are able to cure his Tourette's right and it through this talk therapy approach and he's not the only one they There's had other people they had there. other people in this documentary showing that Keith Ranieri and Nancy Salzman were able to cure Tourette's through this ESP approach, through what Nexium was offering. Um, just a side note, because I was really curious. I was like, was his Tourette's actually cured? From Like, I was like, yeah, super intrigued. I'm curious and I want to know. So I found this from a Vice reporter. Her name is Sarah Berman. She wrote a 2018 article entitled, I tried to make sense of the alleged sex cult Nexium's bizarre health claims explained. (laughs) And then she explains that uh, ESP approach to Tourette's includes elements of hypnosis, neuro-linguistic programming, Scientology's Dianetics, Mm -hmm. and cognitive behavioral therapy. Vice notes that these therapeutic ESP methods have not been tested in a scientific peer-reviewed setting. However, Mark Elliott, the guy with Tourette's, still advocates to this day for this therapy, even knowing Keith Ranieri was convicted of these awful things, he's still advocating for this therapy. So, well, okay. So that answers that question. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is I wrote down, dude seems to be healed, I guess. I don't know. I mean, but considering how many actors and actresses. That's what I was thinking. And was like it people was that were actors. There was a lot of like Hollywood stars and stuff like Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that the dude was acting. I'm just saying super sus. Right. So it is sus for I sure. I would like to know more about that. Right. But. Um, so Mark and Sarah bring Hollywood into Nexium mm-hmm. because they are, you know, kind of like she was doing some films and he did a really big film and, you know, they know some people well, They've networked and they know some. People. Yeah. And Ranieri basically said, we need to reach the motor of the world. Right. Which is like reaching out to these powerful um, people. Yes. And I actually get made note of at one point, he says, Mark says to Keith that um, he thinks that if he could make a movie, it would be like the best way to like get their word out there. Because mm-hmm. he already has some clout. 
Right. And he even says like he could, there was a point in time when he could call any movie production and they would answer immediately. Right. So at this time, we also learned the names Sarah and Claire Bronfman. Bronfman. Yes. Who are heiresses to the Seagram's empire, which is Seagram's liquor. Um, we've all heard of clearly. Um, and so they have a lot of financial backing and, um, Sarah arranged for the Dalai Lama to go to Albany to endorse Nexium. How the fuck? And he does endorse Nexium. How the fuck? Okay. I don't want to talk shit on the Dalai Lama, but he's had some sus opinions about women. Okay. Sure. I'm not even talking about that. I'm like, how, what? Okay. My real question is, what about Seagram's Liquor says, I need to know the Dalai Lama. Lama. (laughs) I need to have direct connection with the fucking Dalai Lama. Money talks, baby. For real. That's like the best. Yeah. Then we see Allison Mack, uh, who ends up being a huge player in this. Um, she was an actress on the TV show Smallville (laughs) and she seems awful. She is in from the get go, completely insufferable. Like I can't (laughs) didn't like her on Smallville either. I actually, she is just awful. Didn't Um, like Smallville at all, actually. So how about that? Allie Mack, fuck you. We'll get into, we'll get into a lot more Allie Mack as this all unfolds, but she just seems, every time you see her, Lauren and I were talking about, like, every time you see her looking at Keith, she's just, like, glazed over and smiling. She's fangirling. Like, she looks like somebody who's in a cult. Literally, like it's so gross. It's not even you have too much life in your eyes. I know for she's real. dead eye like, glazed. Like <laughs> she's just a creep. Okay, so Nexium builds this empire of all these different groups. XOSO, it's a yoga group. SOPs for men. a men's group. Yes, women's group. They have a child care group. Rainbow for kids and yes. teach multiple languages from a young yes. age. Yeah, um, and then they eventually end up opening centers for Nexium all over the world. Literally, I mean, seriously, Mexico has is, one. Mexico has like three. Right. There's like th- these centers are everywhere, and they're just getting people in. Like, just it's just like Scientology. Just like Scientology. <laughs> so then, eventually, Mark and Sarah open a center in Vancouver. And Bonnie and Mark get married and wait, hold on. In me okay. there, I did write down a quote from Mark when they're opening up the center in Vancouver where he says, um, because of Keith and because of Nancy, that they are standing on the shoulders of giants. Ugh. And I was like, what a fucking weird thing to say. Vanguard. Like you are just so Vanguard. Vanguard. That they are the Vanguard's birthday. We, because of them, we are able to do these people are so big and so beyond life that we are just like standing among them and and that's it. 
<laughs> like, oh my God. So at the very end of episode one, Bonnie begins to see Nexium for what it is. Remember, Bonnie is Mark Vicente's wife. Mm-hmm. And that brings us into episode two. Oh, really? Because I was going to say Bonnie calls at the end of episode I one. I know, but I feel like we should just do that in episode two. Cause okay. It's so, all right. That's fine. So, um, episode two, Viscera. Viscera. Um, this is where we see more conversations between Mark and Bonnie. Go ahead. Okay, so Bonnie calls Mark, and she says, there are things I'm starting to see about the organization that are just not right. And she says that women aren't doing well. She says that they are... Um, looking like zombies and losing weight um, and that some things are going to crumble. And Mark kind of just goes, no, 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 you're wrong. Like you're, you're, there's a misunderstanding. There's something not happening right here. So Mark says, I had a long meeting with Keith. What's the matter? And Bonnie says, I'm, ta- I'm taking a huge risk in my life by talking to you. And I'm going to say these um, not exactly verbatim, but I'm kind of making them shorter. But I want to give you like an idea of exactly what they say to each other, because this is very daunting in the very beginning. Then she says, um, there is no there is no good way to leave. And he says, you have bad data going on. And she says, there's no way out. So we know that Bonnie and Mark are having a conversation about she's starting to feel uncomfortable. She's starting to feel like there's something that's not right about this. And she's explaining to her husband, who mind you is still very, very active. And he has been recruiting people left and right. He is the one that brought Sarah in and he brought Bonnie in and everything. And And him and Keith are like boys. And you yeah, they're like best friends. And you have to remember that Bonnie was also going up the stripes Mm -hmm. and she is very, very active in the center and and the organization. And she's going, there's something wrong and there's no way to get out. And just by speaking to my husband on a private line, I'm risking my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Mind blown. That's insane. So then she gets into her story about like how she joined. Obviously she joined through Mark and um, she said like the first time she met Keith, she got like super creeper vibes. Like she was like, ew, I, something's, something's a bit gross, I think is what she said. And um, the thing that really like, got to her was like he kisses everyone on the lips Keith Raniere kisses everyone on the lips and but she really enjoyed the five-day training and so she was kind of like moved to look past like all this creepiness because she was like okay if Keith was the one who built this empire and these are all of his ideas which I really like these ideas then I'm gonna look past like my initial judgments of right. Keith. She says that the the good outweighs the yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Um, another thing that she says that was very interesting to me was that she said that once you've broken the spell um, and see through it, you can't get back from there. Mm-hmm. And she says that if people are mean to you, you're unethical. If you think that you're part of a cult, you're unethical. If you feel like maybe you just need a break for a second, you're unethical. No matter what you say, you're going to be portrayed as being like completely um, 
like unhinged and that you just are letting your fear rule your life and you're no longer like you're almost like a suppressive person right you're a defector you're going against you're going against she explains to her husband that she's having flashbacks and she doesn't understand the things that keith does and that now that she's like having time to like look over it Mm -hmm. she's like there's things that he does and things that he says that don't add up with the way that he's talking to everyone. So one of the things that she talks about is um, she was told she could earn money once she got to like the stripe path EM one, but then they changed the game. So it was like, once she earned this, they told her like, once you get to the stripe path, you'll begin earning money. But then once she got there, they were like, oh, well, we had to move it. And it's like, you need this much more to do. And um, so now it's EM5 where you actually begin earning right, money. Right, when it was like EM1 first yeah. and now it's EM5. So she has to work her way. They're only getting, I think that they say that they're only going, you're only getting like a, a step up like every six months. So you're talking about, well, yeah, because years. you have to pay for all these classes. And right. You have to pay for all these years till you're going to start getting paid. And so they just keep stringing them along with a promise of money. And she's going into like financial ruin over it. Um, she's like working these side hustle jobs, like just to try to like survive because she's paying for classes. She's paying for EMs. She's recruiting people and she's still not making money. Mm -hmm. So she's like going to pubs and like playing the guitar at night and like, well, she's working 23 hour days. Yeah. Um, she, and the thing is, is that like in that time, she's talking about how, like, it's like, wake up, drive to job number one, do job Mm -hmm. number one, have a meeting, go, go to Mm -hmm. your, you know, next job, do whatever, have a meeting. And she even says that at the end of the day, she was still getting bad feedback. Like mm-hmm. you're taking too much leisure time and she's yep. working 23 hours a day. She's sleeping three hours a night. Yeah. You know, like, and that goes back to that idea where they said in the beginning, like, um, uncomfortable is growth. Right. So push through the pain and discomfort to prove your character. And Basically. these people will literally like thank them and say, right. well, thank you for pushing me to do this. She said she felt like person. it was tough love. And um, then Bonnie started noticing all these red flags with Allison Mack. Um, <clears throat> she noticed that Allison was suddenly obsessed with her weight. Um And the coaches told them they need to work through their feelings of intuition. You need to overcome it. They want you to ignore your gut feelings. That is, they think, the world controlling you. If you listen to your gut, if you listen to your intuition, that's the world controlling you. You need to overcome it. You need to be a better person than that and overcome that. Um, So then she... Sounds like she part took in these things called um, emotion stretching, um, where it was opening up your viscera, which is like everything inside of you, opening up uh, and expanding it into joy. 
And then they would have you feel like you were, then they would say, okay, now go back into suffering. Like go back to the worst so feeling of transitioning suffering you've from ever different felt. emotions. And then go back to feeling joy and experience that. And then go back to feeling suffering and then go back to feeling joy and then go back to feeling suffering. And it's super fucking creepy. And Bonnie was like, it was a super powerful experience being able to like know that you're that much in control of like your own emotions. But I'm like, that is like classic brainwashing behavior. That is so creepy. And she also says it's a, it's a tactic to get you to ignore your gut feeling. Yeah. Yes. That's what it goes back to is like, Ignoring your gut and ignoring your gut is and immediately shit. off the bat, she was like, I have a bad gut feeling about this dude. So it's like, I don't know, listen to your gut, people. Right. I like, and listen at that to your point, gut. Bonnie goes back to Mark and says that Allie is desperate for Keith's affection. And Mark says that there's a misunderstanding and it doesn't just, it just doesn't make any sense to him. Yeah. So she is constantly trying to tell Mark there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And he is just pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. Okay. So yeah. So that's what I wrote was like, Bonnie is trying to get him to see these things. She keeps having these conversations with him. Like something's off, something's wrong. I guess she was sending, sending him like all these books on cults and like sending him like articles on cults and like trying to like open up his eyes. But every time she made any kind of headway with him, he would, he would have a conversation with Keith and then he would be immediately sucked back in to all of their bullshit that they were pushing. Well, Bonnie actually ends up meeting with Keith. Yeah. This and is good. he asks about um, that the, I can't remember what they were called. I yeah, the singing down, group that she Their little choir yeah. that they're part of. Um, and he says, I understand that they didn't perform because there was something wrong with you. And she explains that she was having blood sugar issues and that she felt like she was going to pass out. And he says, and that will happen sometimes. Yes. And then he says, don't you want to be free? Don't you want to experience life without control? Yeah. And he asks uh, about her being enslaved. And she says, I do feel enslaved. I'm feeling enslaved. And then he says, feeling enslaved is a good first step. Yeah. Which I was like, how, like the foreshadowing that is happening here. Yeah, right. Where sh- he is saying, right. feeling enslaved. enslaved. Is the way it's like a good so, step for you. Oh, but no. what's interesting is he knows exactly what he's doing because he's already inserting that t- terminology into these conversations with these women. Right. Where so when they hear it later, it's not so appalling and it's not so shocking. It's like, oh, well, he said that before. Like, it's not, you know what yeah, I mean? It's not, like, it's not so. And the way that yeah. he says it the first time, where it's like kind of just like a nonchalant. If you hear it, like you're saying, if yeah. you hear it more and more, yeah. then it becomes less and mm-hmm. less of like a shock value mm-hmm. and you're more apt to just feed into it. Yeah. So it totally makes sense. Yeah. Crazy. So at this point, she decides to leave the cult. Uh, before she left, she confronted Allison Mack and said, I think you're sick. Um, you're not eating. And Allison Mack says to her, Keith is measuring my calories. And as long as I have my period, I'm fine. And 
she says, I made a vow to Keith. And then she shows Bonnie, um, she wears a chain around her stomach to symbolize this vow that she made. Reminds me of Star Wars. Yeah, right. Jabba like Jabba the Hutt. Hutt. Yeah, right. Jabba the Hutt Leia. literally has Princess Leia with a chain around her tummy. Oh, okay. God. How about that? So Bonnie reached out to someone who knew things about cults. And this person said, you're in a high control group. I did try to look up some stuff about high control groups. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that I found was pertaining to the vow mm. and that um there's a lot of um like uh different difference in opinions about what high control group means so so this particular high control group was being um controlled through sleep deprivation yes financial exploitation yes. regulation of food all and of drink all of it um so Bonnie calls Ranieri, Keith Ranieri, and she calls his ass out. And he goes, you know, there's a reason you never worked out. You want to be the victim. Yep. You have a commitment to being a victim. And basically people in Nexium stop speaking to her at that point. She's like the suppressive Suppressive. Person. She's yeah. suppressive. It's yeah. definitely very, very Scientology. Yeah. If anybody knows anything about Scientology, I most definitely do. If you know anything about Scientology, this is all the this same is, terminology, yeah. the suppressive, same yeah. shit, suppressive people, all, all of that shit. It is all the same idea. The bridge in Scientology is the same as the stripe path. Yeah. It's exactly the same thing. You take classes that you pay for. Yeah. They change stuff constantly so no one can ever really progress. And you have to pay more money to getting to that point. Yeah. It's just, that's all Scientology. Anyway, continue. Sorry. No, it's good. Gotta go on I a like, tangent. No, I, I like. Scientologists. Well, yeah, but I like that. I mean, there are those obvious, like, connections in here. And it's crazy because it's like he read the playbook of L. Ron Hubbard. The thing is, is that these people are very smart. So yeah. People are like, how did you fall for this? And it's easier than you think. I guess so. I guess. Because, it's gotta I, be because like, uh, these are all very intelligent You people. can't self-help me. I, yeah. You I can't. Just, I won't. Like, I Sorry. won't even buy, like, stuff from the Boy Scouts. Like, I am like, no. Those damn Girl Scouts and their cookies. I'm so cheap. Damn it. I will not. I'm so cheap. I'm so cheap. <laughs> like, Fuck it's not you. even like I refuse to. No, like, I don't have money. Like you be it's giving literally me money. Like, I can't eat your fucking cookies. Bro. Like literally, bro. <laughs> you know what's cheaper? Oh Toll House break apart break cookies. Apart. Two bucks. Two bucks, man. Got that shit. They Fif- have. You're they have a thin mint option. You're charging me fifteen bucks a box <laughs> of fucking Girl Scout cookies. Are you fucking kidding me? Five dollars for a sleeve of fucking tagalongs. God damn it. No. Tagalongs. You'll never do this to me again. God damn it. They're not even my favorite. They're the worst. <laughs> Why did I say tagalong? I know, right? Like you listed the worst cookie possible. Because nobody but people people pay six dollars a fucking box for Samoas, them. bitch. No, not Samoas. The fucking Or now they're called, sorry. Caramel delights. Trifle. 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 What are they called? 
trefoils. Trefoils. What? They're like the shortbread ones. Ew, gross. Oh my god. And then they shortbread. Shut the fuck up. Are you? They have another me? one that's like shortbread with cranberry and white chocolate. Are we even the related? Pecans. Okay, uh, we're good. We're good. We're good. I we're can't good. Yeah. even with you. No, we are related, actually. So uh, <laughs> okay. So, anyways, Nexium sends Bonnie a bunch of documents, and they want her to sign these documents stating that she has no ethical issues with ESP, and they want her to give an exit interview, and she declines because she's like, "Well, yeah, because if I do this." That means that I can't speak out against you. Right. So, no, fuck you. So, because no, I have a problem that. with this, so I'm not signing And I can still leave because I don't have to be part of your fucking right. organization. God, Bonnie's a badass. I don't have to sign your I love shit. Bonnie. She's like, I decline. I decline. I decline. I know. She was like, I was like Mark was like, Mark, yeah. Mark was on. He was like, well, what are you going to do? She was like, every time they call me, I'll say I decline. Say I don't no. care. <laughs> I'm going to say, no, I'm not signing that shit. Fuck you. So she says to Mark, which I thought was pretty powerful, your friends in your corner are the ones doing this. Just so you know. Yep. Yes, Bonnie. Badass Bonnie. We love her. So then we flash to 2004, and now we get part of Mark Vicente's story. So Keith Ranieri is basically his mentor. And we see Mark at like a TED talk where he equates bravery to pain. Once again, coming be like overcoming your emotions, overcoming the pain, suffering is good. Yeah, you don't grow unless you suffer. Um, then more of Keith's talking about pain, and Mark uproots his life to go live near Keith in Albany. Um which and, is wild. Yeah, that is wild. So then um, uh, Mark was explaining from midnight to 7 a.m. They basically have volleyball every night. Seven hours. Why in the middle of the fucking night? Why are they doing that? What the fuck? Is when that I saw fuck? that, I was like, hold up. And I like rewound it three times to hear them say midnight to seven. Why? I was like, that's a hard no for me. <laughs> that's a pass. That's like literally when I sleep is from midnight to 7 a.m. Like, no. How? How no? So at these volleyball games, Keith Ranieri is basically treated like a fucking rock star. <laughs> and he's literally so, Jesus Christ superstar. It's so weird. It's seriously between games. They will sit there for like 20 to 30 minutes and people will ask him questions and he sits there and addresses. And he philosophizes about life. He addresses his apostles. And (laughs) and wants to tell them all everything that they need to know because apparently he knows everything about life. And okay, can I just interject and also say that basically he has no original idea about anything. Like anything he says You've heard before, anything he says is not a unique concept or a unique thought. It's all bullshit. That's why I'm like, how did these smart, educated people fall into this trap? Because he's not saying any, if I was sitting there, I'd be like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Dum, 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 dum. Like, seriously, there's no way I'd be listening to this guy. I literally wrote down. 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. 
listening to his goddamn bullshit as he wears stretchy pants and knee pads he and plays volleyball. Headband. And he has a he fucking has a sweat sweatband and a fucking ponytail. There's no way. He, I wrote down, people are, like, taking pictures with him and shit. Yeah, no, they are. <laughs> like, they think like, that. Like, literally. Like, he is fucking Justin Bieber <laughs> on the fucking volleyball court. He's Justin fucking Bieber. He's Justin fucking Bieber. Who's Justice Bieber? You said Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call my vagina. Okay. So, Mark eventually starts documenting every aspect of Keith's life. Um, eventually he begins a program where he teaches people to shoot, record, edit, and transcribe. And use boom mics. And <laughs> boom mics. And boom mics. Keith thinks that this is important to document everything for the future, for future generations to see how everything all started. And, and like, I, uh, the, the way that he like said that really freaked me out because he was like, um, he would have people there writing down everything he says and categorizing it. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Britannica, like, yeah, Britannica <laughs> O'Keefe Ranieri, yeah, Britannica, uh, Cranatica. What is that? Cranatica, <laughs> a Renatica, a Renatica. A Keith Renanica. A Keith Renanica. Okay. So. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He is. Encyclic Keith Renanica. (laughs) Okay, that was the last one, I promise. He is so self-important. Yeah. Like, dude, can you imagine thinking, like, I am so important. I need somebody to literally transcribe everything I say at all times. And then categorize it. Like, here, hold on. File this under, like, dinosaurs and what happened to them. (laughs) (laughs) Just gotta make sure. File this under dinosaurs. (laughs) And what happened to them. Yeah. That's the name of the podcast tonight. File this under dinosaurs. Okay. So Mark starts recording literally everything. Um, And Keith wants it to be, um, he, they decide that they're going to start doing like a documentary um, and they come up with kind of like a story that it's like, um, it's a mixture between like a reenactment as also with like a documentary. So they come up with like an animated series Mm -hmm. that they want to do. Um, and he wants it in five sections. He only tells us about two sections, but he wants it in five second sections. The first part is to be about everyone like not believing them and like kind of like the same way that they would be uh, feeling about Scientology where people kind of just go like this is wrong or it's not real. And then he wants the second part to be like the movie, like a movie of like an EM mm-hmm. happening. And there it has something to do with like, a guy who's down in his luck and lost in life meeting a professor, like, a, you know, so somebody. the guy who's was... down on the luck and lost at life mirrors Mark the Mark. Friday, and, and then the professor, the professor mirrors Yes, it's very, very yeah. weird. Um, but they basically want, and, and, and Mark says, I want it to be, it's like an EM only in a movie, mm-hmm. and that's all I've ever wanted to do. Yeah, he does say that. So, um, uh, And then he also says um, that Mark Calls and talks to Keith every day for seven years. Seven, yeah, years. Uh, so imagine bro. the brainwashing going on in that. And like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, 
I'm sorry. Like I talk to you every single day of my Literally life. Literally every day. But it's like since here, we were like seven. But it's like <laughs> or here, less. watch this fucking stupid dog video. Like what were they talking about? Right. Like they weren't sending each other a stupid dog video. A lot of times our conversations are like check out this food I made <laughs> or like <laughs> bitch I feel so fat. Can I can you can you stop at the liquor store on your way here? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I can. Can I borrow a hammer? <laughs> Do you that have a level? Can you not level the MLM? <laughs> <laughs> Can you hook oh, up can my I dryer? <laughs> can I, yeah, can I hook up a dryer and a washing machine for you? Don't those worry. Those are our conversations. This is literally what we talk Why about. Why is he having those conversations with Keith no. He's talking about how much like Jesus he is. Did Keith Ranieri need to borrow a hammer? <laughs> if I he did, I'm know. like, this is really intense and you're never borrowing anything <laughs> from me again. <laughs> So Bonnie questioned Keith and Mark felt like whenever Bonnie questioned Keith, that Bonnie was questioning him because that's how close they were. Right. And so Keith and Mark's relationship is strained once Bonnie leaves. Um, And then Bonnie finally asked Mark, like, what do you need to leave the group? Like, what do I need to prove to you? Can I say what he says? Yeah. Data. Data. I need science to I prove need I need science. to leave the group. Although you say data, I say data. 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 I say data. I just said what he said. I thought he said I know, data. He's, he's South African, so data. He says like star, like star trek. Data. Sada dun data. <laughs> data. 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 So she ends up finding an ex. Nexium an ex Nexium group member to talk to Mark, and she reveals DOS mm-hmm. to Mark. She said that uh, her friend had an experience with some other with some other people, and there is a secret group of women, and you need collateral in order to hear yep. about it. So, so how they? It's okay. This is the way that I correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay and I are friends, right? And I go, ring, ring, ring. Hey, Lindsay, what's up? And she's like, hey, girl. And I go, hey, um, so actually, I know that you really love Nexium. We've been having a great time together in there, right? Right? Right. Right. We've been having a great time. So do you want to have like an even greater time? Of course. Okay. So there's like this thing going on called DOS. Sign me up. Um, well, here's the thing. I would, but I need the D Deer house. No problem. Cool. Can I also get some titty pics and like maybe a video of you saying that your husband beats your children? Yeah. Would it help if I talked more shit about my family? Yeah, please send as much as you can. Click. We literally, yeah, signed up. Perfect. That is like exactly what happened (laughs) in real life. But so, it does, though. That's a crazy part. All of those joking. things that I we brought up <laughs> literally happened. Okay. So um, oh God. this woman that Mark talks to says uh, she's in the secret society for women. They give collateral to join the group. Collateral, the blackmail we were just talking about. And um, the woman says her coach is off. She's losing a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And this woman saw some text on her coach's phone that said things like, I love you, my master. 
Yes. So, Mark confronts Keith. And Keith denies. He says that uh, there is a group of girls and they're losing weight. He feels worried about them, that they look like zombies. Mm-hmm. And this is the best part. And the only reason why I even like stopped you to say this is that Keith says, oh, well, actually, there was a study done recently um, about people that see people and they look like zombies. But really, they don't. I could not believe this was. He goes, <laughs> it's an implicit bias. Nope, like, that's not real. It's like, an implicit bias that you see people that look like zombies. And Mark's like, okay, well. I guess that's cool. He's like, I'm not sure if I really believe you. And then Keith says, all those people that are telling you these things are defectors. And they're damaged goods. Okay. And um, they have his friend Sarah call him. Oh, so Sarah Edmondson, remember, from the beginning. She's still in the group. So Nexium sends Sarah to call Mark and kind of like pry for information because they have a feeling like Mark is about to come calling down. Mark now. is starting to realize the bullshit. And Mark immediately picks up on it. And Mark's like, Did somebody send you to talk to me? And she's like, Yeah. And he's like, Okay. It might be recorded. And she's like, yeah, like she doesn't lie to him because, no, because she has friends. They are best friends, and they have and like they a loyalty together. Yeah, and so like they have a connection. Imagine like the awful like in between she felt. Um, but anyways, Mark is like, I can't talk to you about this right now, and I really cannot believe that they're sending somebody to spy on mm-hmm. me right now. And I feel like that kind of like really lends into like it being sealed for mark where for he's sure. like i'm and done like I also you're feel... sending someone in to spy yep. on me now because i think that was like solidified and I like question i wasn't really Keith? questioning it but now i am questioning yeah, it right and the other thing that really kind of like put me in there was that he explains to sarah like kind of like vaguely yeah. that there's something going on and yeah. she goes, well, maybe I'm I, I'm naive. And he goes, well, yeah, no, you, are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Straight up. And I, I think that, th- that I was like, like, you sound like a condescending asshole. I, but at I the same feel time, like that's right. the first time that she's ever experienced him. Him being, being like, like, you're like, wrong. Mm, nope. Yeah. Because yeah. you no. are. You you honestly you're do 100% not know. Right. So, yeah, you're 100% it, right. It definitely was like a weird situation for them. Yeah. Um, so what I have next is that Mark calls Keith uh, yeah. for for the first time in one week. Mm-hmm. And Keith says that he investigated into his claims and that there's about a group of like about 10 to 20 people, women only. And he says that he gave them permission to use his techniques, that he was aware that they were doing this, that they were using yeah. his techniques and tools. And Mark says that he thinks that Allie is in charge of them. Like he is Mm -hmm. running, she is running this entire thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Where Keith actually says, oh, wait, hold up. Hold on. Uh, Allie's in charge of them and Keith is the head of it. Mm -hmm. And Keith says that he wants to know who is saying this. Yeah. Mark says he knows that Keith is involved and that these girls are all in love with him or sleeping with him or have something to do with him Mm -hmm. and that it will blow up in Keith's face. And he says, certainly, and Keith responds back, well, it certainly has blow up potential. Yeah. 
No shit, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, shit, no shit. shit has blow up potential. I mean, come the fuck on. Yeah. Obviously it does. Mm-hmm. And and nobody would say something like that if they thought that there was some non-truth behind it. Because if I was him and somebody said that to me and that was not true, I'd be like, bro, yeah, it might blow up, but I seriously have nothing to do with that. And let's do something to nip that in the bud right yeah, now. Right. And the fact that he's like, well, well it, it just is what it is. Yeah, he's like so lackadaisical about it all. Um, lackadaisical. That's the winner word. That's the word you. of the day. Five dollar ah. word. Thank you. For real. Um, yeah. So he basically says, Yes, I lent these women my technology, but um I have no idea what the group is about. And I have nothing to do with it. He and, says he has no clue. And basically, Mark calls his bullshit. Um, after that, he resigns. And his mom leaves like the best message. Oh yeah. Like, like I was like, hoping you would wake up someday. Yeah, I was hoping you'd get out of this. Yes. And I'm happy that you're done wasting your time on this shit. Like please. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to say like you're worth so much more and yeah. you have so much more going on in your life. Yeah. And Mark resigns officially. So then he resigns but he knows he has to tell his best friend Sarah. Duh. And he, they're having a conversation and he finds out that Sarah had been invited to Dawes. And then he's like, did you give collateral? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, have you been branded? And she says, yes. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Episode three. Episode three. Um. Okay, so it's called At Cause. Yeah. Which is uh, to just kind of reiterate some things that we said already when we were talking about how, like, if you're the reason, like, how they make you believe that you're the reason why you feel however you feel, that's being called At Cause. Mm-hmm. So it's I think basically we get the way more that, into that into we this. do. It's, yeah. it's basically the way that you, you react to your things. emotional response. So, so go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So um, the episode opens with Lauren Salzman and Sarah having a conversation on the phone. Um, And it's basically Lauren Salzman, who's Nancy Salzman. Remember, Nancy Salzman's like the number two in the group. So it's her daughter, Lauren. And she's like, they're talking about like the origins of the group. And she's kind of like, it's like kind of like a sorority now and it's all about women's empowerment and you know after we saw Trump elected we all kind of felt like we had to do something and my big note like yeah bold of this was of course the worst bitch is named Lauren oh god like you're the worst why why do I have to be the worst? <laughs> anyway, so yes, Lauren is the one that's like talking about all this stuff. She's basically like coercing people into staying. Mm-hmm. She also is paid like three times more than anyone else. Yeah, to do the EM. To do the EM. So like, remember those emotional, what were they called? Emotional, um, not memories. Nope. Or the worst co- em em <laughs> emotional mm, well there's things emotional that- mooses <laughs> emotional mooses Meese. she was paid 
375 to do an emotion an EM. And that was like three times the amount that anyone in the group was charging to do an EM. Um, so she was really good at this. She was really good at like the manipulating best. people, literally the best. people. Yeah. And so, um, so then um, they're talking in episode three, when they're talking at the very beginning, they talk about the brand very, very briefly, but Lauren is saying the brand shows you, the brand shows that you chose self above fear, which again is one of those things that they've been brainwashed since the very beginning to choose. Um, they can regulate their own emotions. They don't, they don't feel fear if they don't want to feel fear. They can choose themselves above anything else. So Sarah seemed not to realize, uh, even though that she was branded, that that this was really about having sex with Keith. Which really blew my mind because um, I'm like, like the first thing I thought. I was like, how could you be so naive? Like, I guess, like in her situation though, because and we talk about it later on too. Is like, yeah, it's like she wasn't brought there for that. Yeah, I guess. So because of that, like, if you've never experienced that side of somebody, you've just seen them like flirt with somebody. You can always kind of like, especially if you're feeling like this is somebody that you wouldn't want to think that about. That like, oh, they're just being polite or they're just being kind or they're just being, you know, like right. friendly and homely with them. And it's because we're such a family and not right. so much of like somebody being a fucking creeper, which was most definitely the case. So Sarah expresses to Mark that she can't just quit because all of her income is tied up into uh, Nexium and um, the center that she opened in Vancouver. Then she goes kind of over like the beginnings of the 12 point mission statement that she was given in those first five days of training. And um, one of them is like, why are you a victim to it? Change it. So again, we're seeing you have the power within yourself to change whatever situation you're in it's like you you can make yourself feel like it's to me like when I was watching it I was like they're trying to tell people that like the only thing you can control in life is the way you react to things which I've heard before but they're trying to do it in like a much more extreme extreme way way Mm. where it's like oh Somebody does something to me, like they murdered my family. I should have known. And I can just be completely in utter bliss because I am choosing to feel bliss. And instead of feeling remorse or victimization or whatever. So next part of that 12 point mission statement was you choose your emotional and behavioral responses. And this is called being at cause. Um, and imagine what dickheads these people would be like to <laughs> hang out with. I bet I, you guys are great fun at parties. I hate <laughs> them all. Uh, 
That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, they're the worst. I seriously hate them. Um, I already went over all this stuff. What do I you know, want? I feel like I, but I'm, I lost. Okay, both. so um, keep keep going for a second, and I'll Barbara I'll Boucher. Barbara, okay, okay. So Barbara Boucher, she was a field trainer. She's the best at sales. Um, she's the best salesperson in the group, and she kind of became like a mentor to Sarah um um I said that she she turned Sarah into the monster that she was like she molded Sarah into the best salesperson within the group so it makes it super hard for her to leave because she's so entrenched (laughs) in the group like on so many different levels so one of the key things that I wrote down was that they said quote-unquote good manipulation so they know that it's good manipulation it's manipulation nonetheless and that how valuable is their dream to like convincing people to join so under Barbara I had um she's a top selling sales and sponsor Sarah moving up in the stripes and we see Keith training Sarah and others in sales and this is what I want to talk about so we see Keith training them it is so gross sorry I had to like catch up with you but um we had like so okay Keith is training them and he's literally training them the way that, like, you would see, like, in an MLM, but even more extreme. Who's here to have fun? <laughs> no. Hey, I don't hear anybody. Who's here to have fun? Wee! And I'm like, I'm watching this and literally throwing up in my mouth. This, this to me is like hell, hell, <laughs> hell on earth. Like, I hate sales. Same. I can't do it. I don't have a sales bone in my body. The whole thought of it makes me fucking squirm. But then the thought that like Keith Ranieri is training these people like with the exact same sales technique that he learned from like Amway, like on a whole new different group of people who are consumers. I'm like, I'm not, but that does not appeal to me. To that does not appeal to me. I don't want that. Like, I'm the consumer that's scrolling through Facebook. I find the something cheapest I one. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I check the reviews. That's fucking cute. I want to do it. But like, if I had somebody that was like, who's here to have Fun. I would be like, not get me. the fuck out of my face. <laughs> it's I not hate me. everything about you. <laughs> you are the worst. Are you kidding me? Know your audience. Like, no way. I can't even believe. You are so funny. No, but I can't believe this is how they were like getting people into the call. Like, who's here to? But have that's fun? like the thing that happens with MLMs. Like, I've been to, okay, so. Okay, I've had people. I can't. I've had people do like in a house party, like oh, you know, pure romance, like oh, guys, here's the thing, right? But I've also been to a hotel suite where there's literally a lobby that they fill up with people. I was probably like like 13. Was I a cult? Were you in? No, I wasn't. You're in a cult. Call your dad. I call your dad. I literally like went to a thing with like one of my aunts or uncles or whatever. They invited us to it. 
we went to it and it was like in a like room in a fucking hotel where they were like, okay, what's going on, everybody? They had like music. And y'all ready for this? And I'm just like, I'm not ready for this, actually. Like, you think I have 200 or 300 or $400 in my pocket. I'm 13. I'm lucky if I have $20 on any given day. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not how this shit works. Dude, but I've been there. I know what that's like. And, and it's creepy. It's, it's weird. It's weird. I'm sitting there going like, Oh, you want me to pay money to start doing this thing with you that we're all going to be making all this money off of. And, and if I sign up people underneath me, then I get money. And then if they sign up people, I still get money. It sounds too good to be true. It it sure as fuck is. It sure as fuck is. Fuck you. I can't even believe it. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. I said it's a goddamn MLM. It's yeah, no, it is. And that's what Keith liked. And that's what Keith knows. Like, we saw he's had, he has experience with that. He has history with MLMs. So, of course, this is how he sets up his company. Like, of course, that's how he does it. So, Sarah expresses to Mark in a conversation how hard it's for her to reconcile the fact she's so close to people in the group like Lauren Salzman, who is her best friend. And we see, like, Lauren Salzman was the officiant at her wedding. Um, Lauren Salzman is the godmother of her son. Lauren Salzman is her best friend. And so I can imagine for Sarah, how fucking hard that is to be like, no, fuck you, my best friend. Yep. I'm going to listen to my other best friend. Like, how do you reconcile that? I can right. imagine that's a very difficult, like, I'm not giving her any shit. Like, that has to be a super difficult position because you want to trust her, love well, her, believe she her. She kind of dabbles in telling Lauren about yeah. what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Lauren says that if she thought anything was not right, she would have been right. gone already. Right. And so, okay, so she's like, well, that's, you know, I get what you're saying. Um, and then they kind of just cut to like Sarah meets a guy named Nippy, which I'm like, the fuck is that kind of name? And um, it's she, a nickname. But she talks about E Week, which is where she met him. Yeah. And it's basically like an adult camp. And they also celebrate Keith's birthday during the same week. It's Vanguard Week. It's Vanguard Week, right? So uh, they they just are all out hanging out and dancing and swimming and doing all this stuff. It seems fun. It's very energetic. They're having a great time. Um, and so, uh, she eventually marries Nippy and they use the same vows as Mark and Bonnie Mm -hmm. that Keith Keith wrote, wrote. Keith wrote their vows. So Sarah directly and indirectly enrolls over 2000 people into Nexium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was like, are these people all living together? Because it almost seems like a commune issue. but then they're also talking about moving. But and, like, there are different groups that live together mm-hmm. because I remember like Bonnie was saying that her and Allison Mack live together with like. It was like Bonnie Sarah, and Mark and then Sarah and, like, and then 
Yeah, so they had like these little miniature communes, like set up. Right, that's what I thought. And I was like, is this a commune situation or is it just like people? So, like, as we're learning about um, Sarah and Nippy, we're also hearing these conversations between Sarah and Lauren Salzman. And they're talking about DOS and they're talking about the branding. And Lauren is like, yeah, I mean, the branding is out there stuff, but it all has an, ex- an explanation about it. Right. Like, it all has an explanation. It all makes sense. And so you can, this further lets you kind of see into, like, the mind of Sarah, where she's like, okay, well, my best friend is saying, like, this is an exercise, and this makes sense, and, like, there was nothing to worry about. Like, this is, you know, I trust Lauren implicitly. Right. I trust Lauren. So, so these conversations really just let you see inside like the inner workings of Sarah. So, um, uh, I say at one point that, um, Nippy and Sarah, they moved to Vancouver, but he's not super happy. Well, Sarah ends up opening the center in right. Vancouver with Mark Vicente. He's not super happy. And so they start trying to suggest that he isn't happy because it's more quote unquote her thing. Yeah. And I feel like, um, they try, like they let, they they want couples to get together and marry and everything, but then they like try and split the couples up. So there's like a separation there that like, it seems like with every couple that like starts to like one of them starts to go the other way. They're like, well, you need to leave her. I just feel like what I think that is, is I think that the cult ends up demanding so much time of one person that they can't possibly put any energy. Well, that's what I mean is like any kind of when one has any kind of doubt, they're like, you need to separate. So that way, because they're obviously suppressive and like keep, keep this they'll keep one person over two yeah or over zero you know what I mean so after she opens this um center in Vancouver then we flash back to this conversation between her and Lauren and um and Sarah's like how the fuck do I explain this to Nippy like and Lauren's like this is a fun thing you did with your girlfriend. Well, Sarah, and you. Sarah, and also, they're talking about the branding. Sarah also asked Lauren, or uh, Lauren also asked Sarah for collateral, where she has video that comes later. Okay, go ahead. Don't we, that's how I have. No, go ahead. <laughs> so Nippy, we learn, is a part of SOP, which is the Society of Protectors, and he he's the leader of it, and it's a group for men, and that is an extremely outdated name. Then um, I said, dear Lord, this whole group sounds like hell, sales, and constant talk therapy, blurf. Um, so then we learn DOS. Okay. Then we learn about the expression DOS. DOS means dominant over submissive. Lauren gets Sarah in on the premise that this group is what she needs to be strong. Um, but she needs to give collateral mm-hmm. under Lauren. Uh, so the collateral that Sarah gives to Lauren is, among other things, videotapes of Sarah saying that her husband beats their son. Um, that 
videos of and pictures of her breasts and other uh, private parts and other things like talking about, um, you know, like her her personal life just in general mm-hmm. and how that like affects everything. And it's basically described to her as a vow of obedience and lifetime commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, within DOS, there are sisters, slaves, masters, and grandmasters. And how it works is that each pod um, is like a group of girls. That's a pod. And those are all sisters. So all the girls below them are slaves and the girls that are sisters are masters. And when the slaves below them have slaves below them, then they become grandmasters, like grandparents. It's like a grandmaster pyramid scheme of sex right. cult. Uh, with people being, you know, uh, like I Trafficked. have, right. And it's like, yeah. I have, so if, if I'm the head, I'm the master and she's my slave then she could have somebody else below her and that would be her mm-hmm. slave and she would be a master yeah. and I would be a grandmaster mm-hmm. and you would invite, you know, so on and so on for mm-hmm. however long that lasts. And these people are asked to do things like a slave would have to do like household chores, um, come and massage their feet, uh, just do random things that quote unquote need to be done. Something really interesting that wasn't in the documentary that I looked up um because Lauren Salzman is going to jail. Uh but she had, she had a slave locked in the closet for two years. Two years? At first when you said two, I was like two days. Okay. No, two years. Two weeks maybe two months. Two years. Two years. Yep. Fucked. So totally fucked. She's an awful human being. Um, so the more collateral collateral that is given means the more that you solidify your agreement and your uh, enrollment in this vow and this pact. And I also want to just throw in there that the word collateral was also lingo that they used in Nexium outside of DOS. So um, the word collateral is a part of ESP and basically it means your word is your bond. And um, so when you are asked to be in DOS and you're asked to give collateral, again, it's like that desensitization of that word because You've already heard it used in Nexium. Yeah, it's already been time. happening. So it's not scary. It's because not weird it's already, Right. It, you've already been asked for collateral before. That you've so, been totally fine with giving up before. Right. Right. So it's like they've been using those. They've been dropping that lingo since day one. And then when they finally enter you into like this super secret society, like you're not going to be put off by this term. because. You've heard it before. Right. So Sarah gives up nude photos. She must ask to sleep, Mm -hmm. eat, how many calories she can have, Mm -hmm. and call the person above her master. Um, Lauren asked Sarah to go to Albany for an initiation ceremony. And obviously Sarah says yes, because it's not even a question. It's like you're going. Yeah. Um, So... 
And then Sarah makes a comment saying that Lauren loses 20 pounds in six weeks, which all of us know that that's not safe at all. But first of all, she's already a tiny woman. Right. So when she, none of these girls are big, when she loses 20 pounds in six weeks, she's down to 103 pounds. She All of these girls, I would say, are like 120 and under. Sickly looking at that Starting. Point. Yeah, she's starving. They're starving because they're all on 500 calories or less, or less. a day. Mm-hmm. And then working out extreme amounts of time. Yeah. So Sarah's put into a room. So, well, also just to add on to that. So, sure. So Lauren tells Sarah, like, we're going to get this tattoo, all of us sisters together. We're going to get this tattoo and it's going to be of the four elements. And Lauren's like super excited about it. Like this is sisterhood. We're so excited. We're, ex- we're going to get this tattoo all together, blah, blah, blah. And so Lauren instructs her and the other girls, once they get there to take off their clothes and put on a blindfold and sit in a room. Then they take off their blindfolds and Sarah basically realizes she knows all of these women. These right. are, She's in a room with four yeah. other women that she is very yeah. close with. <laughs> yeah. And so Sarah kind of explains it like she was like covering up her boobs and like, oh, hey, this is awkward. This it's is awkward. Weird fuck. Yeah. If I was like, in the same room with you with nothing at all. I mean, you're my cousin, so I probably wouldn't be like I mean, you've super seen my weirded out. So yeah. Many times. I wouldn't be weirded out about that. But if it was like a random person. Random, well, not random. Like, not even random, just like I, an acquaintance. A, like like a, fr- a woman you work with. A friend of mine who, I, yeah, I see all the yeah. time, but I've never experienced any no. kind of weird nakedness. Yeah. Then. Yeah, it would be awkward. It's so awkward. then they are instructed to put the blindfolds on again and they're put into a car and they're driven to a secret location. But Sarah reveals that she looks under her blindfold and she sees that they're at Alice and Max's house. So this is all taking part at Alice and Max's house. This is where the branding ceremony happens. Right, and I said it, they were told that it would be a tattoo. Yep. About the elements, including a mountain and water yeah. and like other elements. So like water, like land, mountain, water, or maybe it was cloud, air, cloud, I don't something. know, something. It was mountain. Some bullshit. It was, was a lie. It was and lie. water. And then yeah. I think maybe clouds or yeah. something like that. So anyway, so Sarah describes this as like a awful, brutal experience. So basically they're holding women down as they're slowly branding them. Like, it's not like how we think of like a cow cattle, like branding where it's like one quick poke on the butt. It's like, right. It wasn't like an iron rod already drawing on like cauterizing Cauterizing. an entire like design in these women that took up to 30 minutes of women screaming and crying. They had to be held down. Um, it was brutal, a brutal She said that people situation. were definitely not okay. No, they were not okay. And she said that she was like green. They say to her, Lauren says to her. Yep, Lauren says to her, they are green and you need you to need to teach them need, how to do this. Right. So they're basically saying that these people have never experienced um, so I, I think that 
this is what you were saying when they say that they're green, um, is that they have never experienced having to uh, like portray their emotions however they see fit and transitioning between those emotions. So she lays back and she starts to go through the cauterization and she goes to a place of utter love. She goes and into, bliss. Yeah. A and she thinks, state. she thinks of her son and she disassociates with everything. That's Which happening. actually we will learn a little bit later. But um, when you were experiencing like these long periods of pain, it actually does cause your brain to go into a dissociative state because you just can't deal with right. like, like your brain cannot handle it so she goes into like this dissociative state she does not like make any noises like she's just like they say she was completely zombie mode whatever and she gets out of it and they think like oh she's so empowered like well even lauren and sarah are talking to each other and they're talking about how beautiful that moment was between them that they were and sarah does say like i did feel empowered like i felt like my husband couldn't do this like i could do this like yeah she says yeah like you i'm so strong you could have never gone through like it's like being on like fear factor right Like, like i can i can do that and like you know, torture like, yourself. Yeah, like I can torture myself. Like that's not okay. And Lauren that's eventually okay. messages her. Don't forget your monthly collaterals due on Thursday. Yeah, and she's like, "What the fuck? What do you mean by monthly collateral?" Yeah. And Lauren's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, you always have to be providing me with collateral. Like the the first collateral you provided provided was great." But every month you need it's to provide something first. new. It's like always there is something that she needs to do. Like co- the collateral for just finding out about it. The collateral for getting involved with it. The collateral, which is her own yeah. fucking body. Yeah. For getting really involved with it. And then the collateral to her fucking home. The deed to her home. So Crazy. then Lauren says, uh, you can provide me something like the deed to your home. And you can get it notarized. Nope. Um, you can, bro. Yeah. 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 And she, and she pushes for the enrollment and recruitment of multiple other people, including that she has found on the Vancouver site being like, what about this girl? She's skinny. She's yeah. She's pretty, pretty. She's smart. Yeah. Whatever. So why don't we recruit them? Oh, so fucked up. So then um, the next thing, Mark theorizes that Allison Mack is at the top of the master-slave scheme. But they also find out that about the symbol. Is at the very top. Yeah, that's it. So you want to talk about the symbol? So the symbol and the brand, and we'll actually post it on our Facebook, just so everybody is aware, and on our Instagram, a picture of the symbol, uh, along with how they are actually noticed. But the symbol of the brand shows Allie's initials as well as Keith Ranieri. So the brand, remember, it was supposed to be the four elements. But when you look at it on the... There's one on the if side. If you look at it Keith straight on, it's A-M. Ranieri. And then if you look at it on the side, it's, it's K-R. K-R. So it's so Allison Al- Mack Keith and Keith Ranieri. Ranieri. Um, and that's how they, she starts to realize that this is 
more than just some elements about, you know, uh, the earth, wind, Yeah, fire, and she doesn't, know? like, fully freak out until she realizes, like, I have their fucking initials branded on me. And that's when she, like... She straight up asks Lauren. it. Sarah asks Lauren straight yeah. up if Keith is involved with Doss and does he know about the branding. Lauren says, Keith is involved with Doss in the essence that... They asked he if, he the could, if they could use the technology and tools that he provides and that he was aware of the branding, but he did not initiate the um, He the didn't branding. come up with the brand. He didn't come up with the brand or yes. initiate the idea that they were going to do it. Then Nippy finds out this all happened, which is Sarah's husband. And then we see Sarah closes the Albany Center. And that's where we pick up on episode four. Should we get through episode four tonight or should we leave? Um, You know what? Episode four is so, so short. short. Let's, Let's get just it. do it. We're going to get through episode four. And then next week we'll get through five through seven. Okay. And because there's a lot more that happens in that episode four is a little bit short. And I think next week we'll also do just like a recap really quick of 90 day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe possibly we we'll let you know. Okay. okay. So episode four. Um, it opens with Sarah. It's like this super dramatic scene where she's recording herself going to the Vancouver center and she's like handing over the keys and she's like, I'm done. I am washing my hands clean of this. There's human trafficking going on. There's all these horrible things going on. Like you need to get out. Do not enroll any more people. Do not enroll any more people. And I know you're all going to go back to Keith and Lauren and tell them that I said this, but I don't care at this yeah, point. Do I'm, it. I'm fucking done. Like, I'm fucking done. Exactly. Um, okay, so one of the things that I have down is that Lauren and Sarah talk again. And Sarah asked if she deleted the photos that and videos that Lauren had. And Sarah says no, because she violated a secret, a sacred vow. By disclosing the info to Nippy. And Lauren says, um, she goes on to say that she promised that, or Lauren says that Sarah promised that she would hold her relationship with Lauren above Nippy and her relationship. And And Sarah says, this is an exercise. This is not real. You are not my master and I am not your slave. And Lauren just says, okay. So, yeah, and I think that's important to talk about is that, like, Sarah was looking at this as, like, a metaphorical exercise. Right. And how anyone and Allison Mack and Keith Ranieri were treating this as, you are my slave. You are my slave, and I say whatever, and you do whatever. And so I can kind of see then when she kind of explains it, like I was thinking of this as like a metaphorical exercise. Like because I have to be why wouldn't you? Because who is an actual slave for the rest of their life? No, like, nobody would sign up Nobody for would that. sign up for Willingly. that. Right. No. Like nobody's gonna sign up for that. Even and people so, who are into like slave dumb situations do not sign up for that for the rest of their lives, no matter the circumstance. Uh, like there's shit. Right. You still have the option to walk the you can walk away. Right. And uh also Lauren tells people that Sarah's unhinged. Yeah. And Sarah's like, listen, don't fuck with me and I won't fuck with you. Yeah. And 
Yes. Fuck yes, yes Sarah, Sarah, baby. We love you so much. And Sarah finally resigns, like she said, and she goes in and says, like, this is fucked. Don't get people involved. This is super fucked up. It's not ethical. It's human trafficking. Exactly. It's human trafficking. This is illegal. Go ahead. So then um, we kind of see that, like, how all, like, Martha Sunday, Bonnie, uh, Sarah Edmondson, her husband, Nippy, how they're dealing with the repercussions is they're like, we feel really like we don't know how to deal with the fact that we got people into this ourselves. Right. So now our main mission in life is to get the get people the fuck out. And um, one of the people that they were super close with that they want to get the fuck out was India Oxenberg, who is the daughter of Catherine Oxenberg, who is an actress on Dynasty. Um, and this story has been in people. It's been, in, there's documentaries of it on Lifetime. Like there is like, you've probably seen this story when yeah, we're talking about Nexium. This is like, this is the celeb, this is the big celebrity that tried to get her daughter out. And, um, so they reach out to Catherine Oxenberg and Bonnie is like, I was really close with your daughter, India, and I'm letting you know that I see things that are very concerning and we need to get her out. And so basically they shift to now we're getting people out and we're going to get India out. And they've recruited Catherine in this in this process because Catherine does have some sway of Hollywood. Catherine also has ties to royal families. Um, So she has financial backing and she has, um, you know, some, some Hollywood cloud, even though us millennials don't know her because we didn't watch Dynasty. Exactly. But whatever, (laughs) whatever. Whoops. Um, but anyways, basically, basically what we learn about India's story is it's the same old song and dance that any of them went through. Like she was sucked in on um, the five day training. She met a bunch of good girlfriends through being a part of it all. She. Um, uh, what else did she do? Oh, she made a really funny video that was like, um, yes, my mother is part of Hollywood royalty. My father is, yeah, he's a part of royalty. And so is, so is my grandmother. But they have so many stigmas against us rich people. But I want to do something good for the world. And I'm like, oh, you poor, sad, rich girl. Terrible it is to be rich your entire (laughs) Like, give me a fucking break. Like, not that I'm saying that you should be involved in a call and being like taken, but I'm like, (laughs) when she's in the call and she's saying these things, I'm like, yeah, honey. Like, oh, we feel so bad for you and your fucking perp, your search for purpose. And this was actually, okay, this is a good segue because as I was watching this, I was like, she's talking about how she doesn't have like purpose in life and like how she wants to like 
help the world and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what's really funny is that this group has done nothing to help the world. Like, literally, <laughs> literally nothing. Like, nothing. Like, literally like, nothing. They're not donating to Detroit, like, public education. They're not yeah. helping Flint with their yeah. lead pipes. They're not, like, donating to starving children yeah. across the world. They're not helping the poverty yeah, they're literally doing nope. nothing. It's all fucking self-soothing fucking bullshit. Like, you think you want to know about suffering, motherfucker? Like, give me a break. I will tell you about suffering. It's not that. It's not that. It's not about if you should be an actress or not. That's not suffering. I don't care. Like, that is some self-entitled yep. bullshit. Like, yep. let's talk about real issues. I can't even... But like I that that is what made me realize it is like when I was like when she was like I am looking for purpose in my life and all of this stuff and I was like where did you find the purpose in fucking Nexium right where were they helping people where was the purpose where were I they helping people where the purpose where were they were, were they helping the planet were yep. they helping to get people to vote were yep. they helping to do any literally anything nope anything <laughs> they were not helping so um a bunch of bullshit sorry india you're bullshit um but anyways um fuck you india sorry sorry we're glad you you're made bullshit. it you're we're glad you made it out of a cult please reassess your beliefs well, if she made it out, then I think that she has reassessed her beliefs. I hope. I, I would assume that she Certainly hope so, because her beliefs were extremely So I'm not trying to say her, her now. I'm saying no, at this point. Yeah, at that point, at that I was point, like, when you're watching that, it's like nauseating. Fuck you, but then, you but know, it's now like, it's like, But it's not only it. her. It was Allison Mack. It's the way that she was, was being trained by these people. Well, literally. It was any of them. Any and of it, it was all of them. It's like all of them. I'm looking exactly. for purpose. What's my purpose? Sure. Go feed the fucking homeless. That's right. your purpose. Save like the you're whales. not doing that. You're not Do doing something. that. You're literally sitting there thinking about like, oh, I'm such a I'm so rich. I'm so and I just rich. feel like I'm so privileged that I need to like Where's be my less purpose. <laughs> like I hate you. All I need of to be you. less privileged. Than you are I am all the fucking worst of the worst. So, anyways, God, I don't even want to get into it because I hate them. Lord. But anyways, so then we see this anonymous girl. Her name is Jane. She doesn't want to be filmed. She doesn't want her voice to be filled out, or they change her voice. And basically, we come to found find out. She has the exact same story as everybody else. Like the way she gets in, the way that Keith she gives up collateral. Yeah, she gives collateral. She has these failure reports, which they don't get into super detail about until this. Yeah, um, but the failure reports are basically just like you didn't wake up on time, or you, you ate, too, ate much too many food. calories, or you didn't ask permission to eat food, yes. or you lied about eating food. Yeah, so or each whatever. day you had to fill out like a failure report of where you failed during the day, right? And then also, and then she has to pay penance. Yeah, yes, which is so Catholic. And it's consequences for failure. Yeah. 
Um, and so things such as fasting or self-inflicted punishment. So that's what she had to do if she failed through the day. The next day, she would have to fast the whole day or she would have to exercise like for obscene amounts of times or whatever. Um, also, uh, so another thing that they mentioned is that accepting a master means that you submit to everything oh, yeah. for the rest of your life. Um, and Allison says that, um, says that Jane is conceited mm-hmm. and that she is submitting to fear when she expresses like, uh, like any kind of any, doubt. Yeah. Kind of doubt into this entire thing that happened. So Jane obviously is our anonymous person, anonymous person that she's submitting to fear and that, um, India texts her mom and says she hasn't been having her period mm-hmm. for a year. And that her hair is falling out. And her doctor says that she has the uh, uterine wall, like, lining, lining of a 40-year-old. Year and that she seriously is in um, she needs risk psychi- of not being able to have children. And she, she needs, needs serious psychiatric, psychiatric help. Yeah. And so we're just seeing, like, how far this all progresses with these girls. And it's 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 terrifying. And like, you see some like, um, text messages, like between Jane and her master, Rachel. And it's like, can I eat this? Can I wake up on this time? Or can I go to bed? Can I do this? And then like, can I go to sleep at all? Which is, and then when Rachel like texts her some things and she doesn't like respond immediately, Rachel's like, that's a problem. This is a problem. Right? We need to work on that, that you don't respond immediately to me. Um, so it's like an all-consuming craziness. And at this time, Jane also starts having sex with Keith Ranieri. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's having sex with him, like, in a library. Like, a, like he, I guess he has, like, a little library trailer set up or something like that. Something that resembles a library. He has, like, it's, it's like, like a, a library, private... but he has, like, a loft upstairs. Right. And that's where they have sex. And afterwards, she would say, like, I feel super nauseated. I don't feel good. And he would be like, that's just because I'm, like, transmitting a lot of energy to people you. are really sensitive about energy and i'm giving you a lot of energy so gross okay so fast forward to allison mack meeting keith at a volleyball oh, so gross game so, so this is like the first time that they've met each other obviously we know that they've met each other before this was back in this is like the first time they've met each other so allison mack first comes to meet Keith and it's at a volley one of those volleyball tournaments that are held late at night and it's super fucking awkward and they're flirting and it's so gross. You watch the entire thing like she's very okay so she's going to talk about the rest of this and I'm going to look at her the way that Allison and looks at him. So Allison is like I'm so much of who I am is wrapped up in art and then she starts crying and he's like why does that make you an emotional and she's like I don't know I guess it's because I've never thought about it that way before (laughs) and I'm like 
How self-important and stupid are you? I hate you. We've been doing art forever and ever and ever. Right. Dude, Van Gogh cut off his fucking ear and he didn't fucking cry about it. Give me a break, bitch. (laughs) So. Okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And then she gets up and she's like, do you need me? And she's like, I'm not saying right now, but maybe at like some point in the future. Just like sometime. And he's like, I don't know, that's not really something I don't I really do. am in goes, people because I've never done it before. Right. I don't know anything about EMs. And I've then, never done it. And then she goes, I'm just saying, I don't really know. I'm just popping my cherry. And he goes, I'm oh, turning red a little. Oh, I'm, I'm turning red a little. And then they get up and he goes. She goes, so to speak. He goes, can I give you a hug? And she goes, I hug and I kiss. And they hug and they kiss. And then he goes, cute voice. And she goes, you, you too. too. And I go, Ugh. like literally gagging <laughs> ensues from here on out. <laughs> Can't. I'm like a little tiny child baby kitten. But what's bizarre <laughs> is like, okay, this first reaction is like, whoa. But then like, we've talked about like, Anytime you see her after that, she's just like glazed eyes and like smiling at Keith. All and like, the time. she is totally, totally wrapped it, wrapped up into in whatever love. bullshit in he's giving. Love. Like, it's, it's disgusting though. Like, what? Like, why? What? What? What is he offering you as a young actress? What is he offering you? Right. What What is the thing that's happening? I don't here? fucking get it. So then, um, oh, <laughs> I wrote, how many fucking problems can these people have that they need 24-7 help, self-help bullshit? I said, you can see that Keith sees someone believing him. And just continues oh, yeah. and continues and continues. And but, like, what stop. my question is, is, like, do you need that much self-help? Where it's, like, it's, like, 24 fucking 7 where this bullshit happens. Like, it's, like, ridiculous. So then um, we find out about Jeunesse, which is the women's group, which sounds like an 80s hairspray. Jeunesse. <laughs> Or maybe, like, a weird cologne. (laughs) Jeunesse. It's like Nautica. The next next cologne from Nautica. (laughs) Jeunesse. Do you want to? Jeunesse. Get a sexy man. Jeunesse. Do you want to get a sexy man? (laughs) I don't know. I I could have just been like, do you want to? Do you want to? Jeunesse. Yeah, they're like, that's it. Jeunesse. Do you want to? From here, it's just Jeunesse. Like, and then you have to drag out the ass. Like, it has to be like the gay gay snake. Have you ever? Did you ever see? Did you ever see (laughs) Zach Galifianakis stand up? Oh, yeah. Where he's like, where he goes, here's my my impersonation of a gay snake. It's the best, best joke of all time. <laughs> but it would be like, Jeanette. 
Have you ever, Jeanette? <laughs> Have you ever felt like Jeanette? All right, all right, okay. all right, 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 dedicated her life to Keith. She ended up creating this group, Jeunesse, and basically it's a women's like total empowerment group, whatever. Um, and they basically documented her dying of cancer. I know. That's really sad. It's super sad. Uh, I don't it's like super it. super fucking sad. And um, then they have the reactions, and this is where Allison Mack does the classic reaction where she's talking about Pam, and she wants to be sad, and she's crying, but at the same time, she's saying, I'll work on it. Like, she shouldn't be crying. I don't know how to control my emotions. Yeah, yeah. but I'll work on it. I will work on my emotions. And I'm like, you, it's okay. It's to okay to grieve. Like, that's what's so fucked up about this group is they're telling you it's, it's not, not okay, okay to feel to anything, anything. Angry or, anything. or sad or whatever the case and in be. some, And in some... In some situations, I can see why it's okay not to react. Like, obviously, that's a good quality in 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 situations where somebody is coming at you really hot and really angry, and mm-hmm. you need to diffuse the situation. But you need to grieve. Yeah, like it's okay to grieve. Yep, I that's completely okay. Agree. That's one of those ones that's gonna be okay. So, is there anything else that we have for this episode? I don't really have anything more than that. I don't have I feel anything like more anything than else that we have kind of leads into the next episode. Yeah. So I'm like purposely withholding. It. Yeah. So we're going to cover the next part of this um episode next Friday. Five, six, seven. Five, six, seven. Next episode. Next Friday. Uh, t- trash pandas, yes. Um, so if you haven't seen it, if it at all watch intrigues it. you to see it, watch it or just listen to our funny recap and we'll tell you everything about how much we hate Keith Ranieri <laughs> and how much Janessa <laughs> and what next documentary to watch. Yeah. And what, yeah. Ooh, we have some good documentaries in the future. We do. And we're also going yeah. to actually recap very quickly, uh, 90 Day Fiance, we th- Think. Yeah, we have to do that. I feel like we just have to, just because every our waiting in. more than two weeks is a, like a little bit excessive. So yeah. I think we're just gonna do like a quick recap either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're gonna go straight into finishing the vow, and we will announce the next documentary that we are gonna be watching. And Dave will be on the next one. God he damn it! Better be on the next one. God damn it! I, it's I, called I, Documentary and Dave Night. I promise oh. I will. I will. I promise I will. We love you, Dave. <laughs> so um, documentary documentary and Dave Fridays are like a real thing. thing. <laughs> We're actually gonna do that. But tonight we had to do it alone. It was a real thing for us. So yeah, real thing. But also I would like to say that if you enjoy us, please 
subscribe to our channel on Spotify. Download our shit. Download our shit. Go um, onto our Patreon. Oh, God, we've not been doing shh. We're doing it. If people go on there, then maybe we will. (laughs) We can show our Halloween party. Yeah. And we have a Halloween extra special episode coming up next week. We'll figure out how it's special and extra cool. We will. know about it. Well, (laughs) I said we'll figure it out. (laughs) How it's special and cool. Surprise. (laughs) God damn it. Kills me. All right. Y'all better be part of it. We love you all. Thank you so much for coming on. We love you. Bye.